Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the Past to Present Player podcast. My name is Austin. I've never done podcasting before, but this is very new to me. So, but I love video games to a point where I just need to talk about this stuff, bro. So, it's the very first episode. I'm really excited. This is really, hopefully, is going to be fun for me. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm essentially just winging it because I don't know really how to come into things or how to do things yet. But welcome, uh, first of all. Uh, like I said, my name's Austin. Uh, I've been gaming, I guess, hardcore gaming since probably I was like 12, 13 years old is when I really got into it. It took me a while to get into it, but I remember my dad having a PlayStation 2 over at my grandpa's house and I would just watch him mostly play sports games. He was playing a lot of NBA like the uh, NBA Live games and NBA 2K. So I really got into sports gaming for a while, but I really dove into uh, some of the other retro titles with the N64 and the Super Nintendo and stuff like that. I didn't really get to play it much as a kid, so this is all new to me. And I think the point of this podcast is to kind of give those newer players to this retro space Kind of a kind of a perspective from a new player standpoint, and hopefully I can encourage some of these people who have never gone back or never had the opportunity to play some of these games. Hopefully, this will give you a perspective on a newer player's point of view and will encourage some people to go back and play some of these games because a lot of gaming history is, I feel like, getting lost nowadays, and we they deserve their recognition. So Hopefully, this can kind of inspire you guys to go back and play some games. Um, I'll get some of the I'll get some of the bullshit out of the way. Uh, we do have a Twitter page, and I have a website that you guys can go check out all future renditions of this podcast or all future episodes. I should say I don't know what rendition. I don't. You can't rendition something if you haven't put something out yet. So all future episodes of the podcast will be on there. Uh, I'll have those links. Um, in the description of this podcast. You guys can go check those out. We only have a Twitter page right now and a website just because this is new to me. I don't I don't know any of this stuff yet. So this is all new to me, but you guys can go check that out if you want. Today, man, the freaking banjo in the intro of that is... is it just throws me back, man. Today, we're talking Left 4 Dead 2. I, uh, I watched a recent YouTube video. There's this guy that made, I forget his name, and I'm so sorry that I forgot your name, but I forget his YouTube channel name, but he makes these compilations of crowd reactions to old game trailers and stuff when they were released or like when they were at E3 or any like Sony Expo or Microsoft Expo, Nintendo, stuff like that. He just makes the best reaction compilations. He's only made three of them. I wish he would make another one, but... Left 4 Dead 2 was in it, and I remember uh, I remember seeing this for the first time. Uh, probably, this game came out in 2009. Uh, so, quick math, what? Oh, jeez. Uh, I was probably, th- I was around 13, 14 years old when this came out. And I originally got this game, I think, the year after when this, ga- uh, when this game was released. I probably got it in 2010. Uh, I never played the original Left 4 Dead. I never played the first one. I watched a lot of people play it now. And it 
it just, it blew me away because I wasn't a fan of the, I actually wasn't a fan of the Dead Rising games, believe it or not. I played the first Dead Rising and I played Dead Rising 2 and it just, I don't know. I found it kind of difficult to be honest. Uh, I'm not that great of a gamer, but I found it kind of difficult to really like grasp it and get a hold of it. But Left 4 Dead 2 was something else, man. It was a first person shooter. There was no, no real like competitive aim tactic. You just point and shoot the and it it was insane the the mobs the horde of mobs and just the amount of like zombies in general that could attack you and it felt like dead rising but ramped like it felt like dead rising on steroids which was absolutely insane uh the versus mode was cool uh once uh I mean, Xbox Live was a thing. So playing online versus mode, you get to play as the special infected. And I'll get into those in a minute. But you get to play as the special infected that you've been fighting in the campaign mode and try to take out uh, the survivors before they reach the end of the level. And you play through an entire act. So it's like four or five levels. And then that's a whole match. And then you, you go find another one absolutely insane. I thought it was the coolest thing. And like I said, I never played the first Left 4 Dead, so I don't know if they did that in the original one. You guys will have to let me know. But man, playing as a smoker, or if you're lucky enough that you get to play as the tank, oh my gosh, it was so freaking cool. I I started playing this game uh, just a little bit ago before I, did, uh, before I started recording this. I was playing... I started playing through the campaign a little bit and I got like maybe a quarter of the way through and oh my gosh, I was having so much fun. There's a, there's the, uh, the end of the first chapter, the last level in it is you have to get all these gas cans. I imagine everybody's played this, but getting all the gas cans, uh, in the mall to fill up the stock car. And then you guys just pile into this dude's stock car and then just drive the hell out. Oh my God. It's freaking insane, man. So one thing uh, I want to get into, like I said, all the special infected. I think this was th this was cool because there were new special infected that were introduced. I'll have to pull it up and see which special infected were in Left 4 Dead 1. But there were new special infected that were introduced in Left 4 Dead 2. So coming into the original Left 4 Dead, uh, I'm going to pull this up real quick. There it is. It took me a while to find it. Um, so in the original Left 4 Dead, there was the boomer, which was the big fat guy that would just vomit on people. And then if you got vomited on, all of the zombies would be attracted to you. And in Left 4 Dead 2, they had boomer vials, which are like containers of the vomit. And you could like throw them either at the zombies or my favorite thing to do, especially on the first level, was you could throw them off the map because you were in this like skyscraper. You could throw them off the map and you could just watch this horde of freaking zombies just start running out of the windows and falling to their death. It was hilarious. But you had the boomer, which was that guy. You had the hunter, which was this kind of like slim looking hooded zombie that you had like a regular claw attack. But if you crouch, this dude can jump like a lemur or like a freaking whatever the hell can jump 40 feet in the fucking air. I don't fucking know. But this dude can jump and jump on top of people and just start clawing at them and clawing at them and clawing at them. And it takes so much health. And if you're not quick enough, that thing can kill you so, so fast. But you had that one. You had the smoker, which was this long, lengthy guy 
with a big tongue and he would use this tongue to pull you in to wherever he's at and then he'd just start clawing at you. And also when you'd kill him, he would explode into smoke. I never found out if the smoke actually damaged you or not, but I will find that out. And then they had this big bulky guy that you only got to play as once. I think it was once per level you got to play as and it was the it was the tank. And this guy is like he looks like he's been hitting the gym for like the past 40 years while also taking like numerous amounts of steroids. Like this guy is freaking nuts. And he has his regular attack which is his big arm, he just like he like swings and like when you hit all of the survive when you hit one of the survivors, it like it'll like throw them back like 10, 20 feet. And it does massive amounts of damage, like massive amounts. And then he also had a secondary attack that takes a while to charge, but he when you hit the button, it takes a minute to like load before it actually attacks because he picks up, literally picks up a peeth, a peeth, literally picks up a piece of the earth and just chucks it at people. It's freaking insane. And those were just the non-play or the playable ones. I'm sorry. Those were the, just the playable ones. And there was one non-playable one. Well, unless you count all the regular infected, but which they're just in the game. We don't worry about that. But there was a non-playable one called the witch. And this thing is ridiculous. So you would just be going through the map and then you would hear this girl like start crying. And it's just this girl crying. And you would find this witch looking thing this this like like really skinny girl with her hands on her face just slowly walking crying she's not attacking you or anything like that but as soon as you shoot at her the first per i think it was the first person to hit her the first person who hits her she just charges you and if she hits you once she knocks you down it's it takes one hit so she'll knock you down and then she'll just sit there and attack you specifically. Nobody else. It doesn't matter who it is. They will attack you specifically. And it it's so hard to get around sometimes, especially when it's comboed with something like if you get boomered, like if you just get vomited on, right? So you already got all the zombies coming at you and then you somehow hit the witch. It's like, it's almost instant game over. All, like, there's not a lot you could do at that point because the witch is so powerful. But that was all the stuff in Left 4 Dead. And then Left 4 Dead 2 was really cool. It, it has uh, one of my favorite special infected. So it brought the charger, which is kind of like the tank, but like a dumbed down version of the tank. And it has like one, I say it's an arm, but it's not really an arm. It's kind of like an appendage. It kind of just sits there. It's, it looks like it's about as narrow as a pencil. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty much not an arm, but then his other arm is bulked out like the tank is. And his main attack is you kind of line up with somebody and you attack and he just runs at him and you can like slam him into a wall. You can try to like my favorite thing in the first level besides the boomer vial with the, uh, which with watching the infected like fall off the building, if you line it upright with a window, you can literally charge somebody off the map. And it, it's like insta-kill. It's so freaking funny every time you could pull it off because you'll have 
three of the guys like fighting either other special infected or just fighting the infected in general. And then you just like peek from around a corner and just and just fucking charge him, bro. And then just straight out the window. It is the most hilarious thing you'll ever see, I swear. Uh, and then they bring in the jockey, which is, he's kind of like, he kind of looks like a football helmet. <laughs> that's, that's the best way I could describe it. He looks like a football helmet. He's like, he looks like this old hunched over like blob of something. And uh, every most of these uh, special infected, like they have a claw attack that you can just kind of claw at the survivors with. But all their their main attacks are their bread and butter, right? So the jockey will jump on your back and he can kind of drag you wherever he wants to go. So he's another one that you could drag him into a horde of zombies or drag him into a boomer. And then, uh, or you could drag him off the map. If you're, uh, if you're on like an elevated area, you could drag him off the map or yeah, just whatever you want to do. And he would just jump on your back. The key, uh, the key to the survivors with him though, was that you could kind of like counter steer. So like you could, you use the left stick to like pull him wherever you want him to go, but you could counter steer with like with the left and the right stick. You could just counter steer wherever the heck you wanted to go. And yeah, he was so much fun. I I would pull him. I would like either try to pull him like towards a window and then hopefully my charger teammate would like just charge at him and then just send him off the map. Or I'd have like a smoker. Uh, some guy with a smoker would be like chilling somewhere and then I'd pull him into the open so the smoker could grab him. Like there's so much stuff you could do with the jockey. He's pretty weak when it comes to health. Like he's very easy to kill. But there's a lot of like tactical stuff that you could actually do with him. And it's it's really insane. And then the last one they put in was the spitter, who is this like this. She has like a giraffe neck, like her neck looks like she wants to eat bay leaves or something. And she's like she has like an elongated mouth and she spits acid, a.k.a. the spitter. You know what I mean? But she spits acid and the acid does like passive damage. It's kind of like throwing a Molotov or something, but it's, it's acid essentially. And she's probably my least favorite just cause I never found her like really useful. She, her health is real low. She dies in like two shots. If you have a decent weapon, like an M4 or an AK, she dies in like two shots, but the plus to her when she dies, and it's the same thing with the boomer. I forgot to bring that up. The plus to her when she dies is she leaves a pool of acid when she dies. So, if you don't get acid damage with the actual spit, you could at least charge them with whatever you got. And then once you die, there's that pool of acid underneath them. So that's a thing. But with the boomer too, you can throw up on the survivors to attract a horde. But at the same time, with it being called a boomer, you could, which I find really funny now with the term for it nowadays. But with that, you could actually blow up when they kill you. And if they're in the radius of when you blow up, it does the same thing as your vomit does. So it it's kind of like having two attacks in one. So that one was really useful to me. And then there was one non-playable character that I never saw. And I think it's because it was in uh, the DLCs and I never played the DLCs and it's called the Screamer. And I never saw it. I never encountered it, never played with it. So I don't know for sure. Part of me regrets like never going back and buying the DLCs or like playing any of the DLCs because 
I've read reviews on them and they said they were really good, but I probably should like try to go play at least one of them. But yeah, I never encountered this screamer guy. I don't know what he does. I don't know what his attacks entail. I imagine it's some type of, maybe it's like disorientation or maybe it's like, uh, he maybe attracts zombies or a horde or something. Like maybe he starts a horde because in the game, uh, in some of the levels, you can like shoot car alarms or uh, if you break a certain glass window that's like security guarded, it'll set off an alarm. So the horde will like try to come find you and it'll just be a mass amounts of fucking zombies like coming to get you. So I imagine maybe it has something to do with that. But I think it would have been an interesting character if that was if that was the case. But something else I found interesting going back and playing this game before I recorded this podcast the the online servers still run decently and like i was able to find games like instantaneously like it didn't take me long maybe like 2 3 minutes and i was in a versus match like it it's nuts i didn't think for this game being around this long that people would still actually play this game so i was back in the versus matches like reliving my childhood of like playing as the playing as the hunter playing as the boomer by the way my my favorite special infected is probably either the charger or the hunter those are my favorite i love the hunter just because of how like he's pretty much like a built-in jump scare like <laughs> you could hide in a corner and just crouch and just wait for somebody to immediately turn the corner and then pounce on them, bro. And they don't even know you're there. It's freaking funny. But he was like a built-in jump scare in the game. I loved that. But yeah, he was probably my favorite one. But yeah, I was I was able to find matches so quickly and like full-length matches. Like people people were chatting, people were talking, like and if you know anything about the older games, as far as the multiplayer, at least like trying to find matches and stuff in some of these older games, like obviously some are impossible because they, they either turn off the servers. They don't support the servers anymore. Like a lot of the call of duties don't anymore. And even the, uh, the like off market server hosts are getting shut down now for call of duty. I, 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 uh, read some stuff on that. I heard that's happening. So like you can barely play these games or play these servers anymore. So to be able to just literally buy Left 4 Dead on 2, Left 4 Dead on 2, I I can't fucking talk, man. To be able to buy Left 4 Dead 2 on Steam, just flat out buy it, go in, go to versus, hit quick match, and just instantly find a match is phenomenal to me. It it It's... It's absolutely insane because now like one of my favorite multiplayer games to go back and play is the Master Chief Collection because I love the Halo series. Um, with the Master Chief Collection coming out, you can you can find matches like that. But if you I if you were to actually go back on like an Xbox 360 and put in a copy of Halo 3 and try to find a match, if the servers are still running, I don't even know if they're still up, but it'd be like near impossible at this point. So big shout out to Left 4 Dead for still supporting their servers at least and being able to play online. And after playing this game, I'm really going to have to go back and play Left 4 Dead 1 because I feel like I missed a lot and I need to go back and figure out some stuff. I want to I want to dig into their cast of characters a little bit and kind of figure out who they are. So in this game, there's four main protagonists. There's Coach, there's Ellis, there's Nick, and there's Rochelle. And Ellis is the country boy twang guy, loves his country music. He's like, he's kind of that like hillbilly from the South. He's funny, man. He's, he's 
a comedic riot. Like he's so funny. His his dialogues are funny. I need to I need to look up the actors who played these guys, but his dialogue is freaking hilarious. If you're not entertained by the game itself, just play the game to listen to Ellis talk because it's freaking funny, man. Oh my gosh. And um they have Nick who is he's like this well-dressed like businessman and like his main focus. He's kind of like I would say he's kind of like the leader of the group. Nobody's really a leader in this group, but if there's anybody who I would pick to be like a leader, it's probably Nick. He's he's the main guy that's like, we just need to get the fuck out of here. Like, we need to get the fuck out of this situation. I don't like being here. I got business to take care of. Like, I don't need to do this shit. I need to go. So like, he he's really the main leader. And then you have Coach, who is, if you've ever played a game where it's just, He's literally a tank. Like he he literally sounds like a tank. Like if you've played like role playing games where uh or like competitive games where there's like a healer, a tank, a mage, blah blah blah. If you had to fit him in one of those characters, he's a tank, bro. He's just this big honking dude that's like let's kill shit. Like I'm just going to kill shit to get us out of here. Like he's I think he's a lot of people's favorite character. I I would argue it's Ellis just cuz he's fucking funny. But and then you have Rochelle and Honestly, Rochelle is like kind of the hardest one to connect with. She's kind of just there. Like she kind of just ended up in the situation. And as bad as it may sound, I feel like the company was just like, we just need to have one female protagonist and just threw her in there. Like you, I think you find out, you find out a lot about their backstories. Like as you play through the levels, there's no, there's no cutscenes really. There's like a couple when you're escaping or like if you're leaving on a helicopter or in this case, in the mall, when you like zoom out of the mall in the stock car, there's those type of cutscenes, but there's no real like backstory cutscenes to this. It's literally just a plug and play. Like you fucking go. And you, it, I kind of like that aspect of some games because it kind of makes you pay attention to what's going on, like as you're playing it. So a lot of it is just kind of play it and figure it out, which is really cool to me. But yeah, you have these four main guys. They get stuck on a roof as the city is pretty much lost to the infected. And the last helicopter, like the start of the game is like the last helicopter taking off. And the four of you guys like, hey, bro, you left us. What the fuck? Like, why the fuck didn't you see us, you assholes? But and then there's like basic weapons on the roof. You get a choice of like a couple melee weapons or a pistol. And it's the first weapons you get. But as you progress farther through the game, you get access to more and more weapons. There's freaking grenade launchers, there's chainsaws, there's there's axes, katanas. Like It's freaking insane. I think that's one big, big plus is the weapons, like the weapon selection in this game. It's so much stuff. There's AKs, M4s, grenade launchers, pistols, magnums, katanas, axes, paddle bats. Uh, you have throwables. You got molotovs, pipe bombs, the boomer vial. There's so much stuff in this game just to kill zombies. And it's, you know, in Dead Rising, you can kind of like build different weapons and uh, like craft different ways to like murder these zombies or like craft traps or stuff like that. In this game, it's not necessarily crafting. There's just an assortment, bro. There's so much in this game and it's so awesome. Also like the AI is pretty good about like focusing on where the troubles are at. So let's say you're playing through the campaign, 
you get pulled by a smoker. They instantly come off of the horde of zombies and realize that like you're getting hit by a smoker. So they'll attack the smoker. Or if you're at like a specific health level, like let's say you're at 26 HP, they have a health, they have a med kit and you don't, they will heal you, which is awesome. Like you don't have to just focus on healing yourself and you can heal them too, which is interesting, but they will heal you if you get down to a certain point. So the AI for 2009 was sophisticated enough. Like that was really interesting to me. The fact that I didn't really have to worry about what they were doing because if I was in trouble, I knew they were going to help me out. It's really hard to choose my favorite weapon in the game because there's so many that I had fun with. Like there's, there's like, if you've played Modern Warfare 2, there's like the Scar H is in there and it's like a three round burst gun. I found that one fun. There's like two different rifles. There's like a, um, if you've played Counter-Strike, there's like the uh, fully automatic uh, sniper and then they have like a hunting rifle that's pretty cool, which isn't bolt action. I wish they would have put like a bolt action rifle in there. That would have been cool. But it's it's like eight rounds and you just shoot the eight rounds and you load a new mag in. But it's so hard to choose because the melee weapons I almost found more interesting. Like they had katanas, they had axes, paddle bats. There's a golf club. There's obviously a chainsaw because I feel like I feel like you can't make a zombie game if you don't put a chainsaw in it. So, but yeah, there's a freaking golf club. Like you could tee off on fucking zombie heads. Like that's so, that's so much fun. Like, come on. If you don't play a zombie game, if you, if you play a zombie game, right. And you don't use any type of melee weapon, if they are available, I feel like you're not doing it justice. So I would, I would literally carry and, the plus to this too is you were able to have a primary and a secondary. So I would carry, I found myself most of the time carrying the fully automatic sniper and like a katana or an axe or I think the chainsaw, I don't think you could carry as a secondary. I think you had to have that as just like a primary weapon. But I would, yeah, I would carry that hunting rifle with the katana, an axe, a chainsaw, uh, just whatever the hell I could find at the time. But if I found either the axe or the katana, I would usually have that in my back pocket. And I think part of it was the physics of the game compared to like, if you had a paddle bat or a golf club or something like that, because with the katanas and the axes, depending on where you aim and like what you would go for, it would literally go for that limb. So it's like, with a paddle bat, when you just swing it, the zombie just kind of explodes and it would like fall to the ground, die. But when you have a katana or an axe and you aimed for like its left arm, you cut its left arm off. If you aimed for its for its right leg, you cut its right leg off. You aim for the head, you're chopping the head off. Like it was so cool. And I found that really interesting at the time. The fact that it wasn't just set dying animations. It was like, you could really be precise and it sounds really bad, but like you could be, <laughs> it does kind of sound bad now that, now that I'm talking about it, but you could actually be really precise and like go for specific limbs on a zombie just cause you wanted to. And even when zombies were dead on the ground, there were times where 
you could kill a zombie with a gun, run up to it while it's dead on the ground and chop its leg off just because you want to. Like, <laughs> it was freaking awesome. And I think the level design itself was good. Uh, there wasn't any like map or like any specific like storyline that I found boring. I think all of it was interesting. It all portrayed well. Uh, there was a storyline where you're on the highway where it's kind of like, if you remember the Walking Dead scene, I don't know if, I don't know how many people watch the Walking Dead. I imagine a lot of people. It's a very popular damn show. I'm just, you know. Uh, if you remember the scene where they get stranded on the highway and there's all those dead cars and they have to, they like start scavenging for gas, food, resources, all that stuff. There is a level portrayed just like that, that it's like an abandoned highway and your goal is to get to the end of this highway to a specific building. But that was one of my favorite levels because there were specific cars in there and you could never really, well, you could tell which one because they would kind of like beep at you, like somebody's locking a car. But there were specific cars in there that if you would hit it, it would set off the car alarm and a horde of zombies would come running for you. And I would spray and pray so much that I would just never fucking know which one was a car that would set an alarm off. So I would just be counting. I would be setting off countless fucking alarms. And it's like hundreds to two hundreds to five hundreds of zombies just fucking rushing us. And you got this, you got smokers in the background that are trying to fucking get you and spitters who are spraying at you from like 50 feet away. And it was just pure fucking chaos. And I think that's one of the most intriguing things about this game is you can, it's like having a five-star wanted level on GTA. It's just fucking, it's pure chaos. It's insane chaos. One thing I've never been really good about is just times and dates that games came out. I don't have them off the top of my head. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But looking, I have a list here of uh, some of the games that came out in 2009. I feel like Left 4 Dead stacked up pretty well when it came to what games were in competition, right? You had things like uh, Modern Warfare 2 that came out. The original Black Ops came out. Grand Theft Auto 4 came out. Uh, Mass Effect 2 was there. Bioshock. It, it was an insane lineup of games. And the fact that Left 4 Dead 2 came out and had to compete with all these other titles may not have, may not have stacked up great, or like outstandingly well compared to these other titles. But man, I feel like it did insanely well. So this will be the only stat thing I kind of get into with this, but 2.9 million copies in its first two weeks and over 4 million copies sold in stores in 2009. That's pretty freaking insane. And I think the series itself is now over like 12 million copies. And I think that was an old stat from like 2010. So it could be probably over 20, maybe even 30 million at this point, depending on how many people actually bought it. But I think this game did insanely well. And it did well compared to the games that were coming out at the time. Like I said, Call of Duty, Bioshock, Mass Effect, and these were big AAA titles. These were titles that everybody was waiting on, everybody was asking for. We were all waiting in anticipation at E3s or like uh, reveal events, just like, okay, here's all the uh, nitpicky games. When is Mass Effect coming? When is... Uh, when is Call of Duty coming? When is Bioshock coming? Like we were all in anticipation for that stuff. So 
to me, when this reveal trailer popped up, and like I said, the old YouTube video, you guys will have to go back and watch it. Just look up um, game reveal trailer crowd reactions and you'll find them pretty easy. He, he's got a lot of views on them. They're really awesome. But that seeing that crowd react the way they did, and I feel like it was a shocker because even the guy, even the footage of that reveal trailer, the guy behind the camera was like, bro, Left 4 Dead 2 already. Like, what? Like, it was insane. Nobody, nobody anticipated it. Nobody thought it was coming. And so, when, they, when it comes out, it's, it's just a shocker. Yeah, the memories I have with this game are... It's, it took a lot of hours of my time. I remember a lot of after-school days coming home just wanting to play this. And I will, I will end up doing one of these on Modern Warfare 2. Uh... It's one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite game of all time. But so there will be a podcast coming on that. That ate most of my game time, but this game was at least as far as my playtime when this game was released. Uh, this was probably top five of one of the games I played the most. Uh, I would, I remember coming home from school, and my my grandparents would be like making dinner, and I would just. Bring it to my room. Bring it to my room because I'm not coming out. I'm going straight to the Xbox, man. I'm not. I'm not getting off. And even when I it, like the drawback factor, and it, I felt like it was a good game because it was. I wasn't focused on just one aspect. I wasn't focused on just versus mode. I was playing the campaign. They had like realism versus, which is versus, but like. Uh, with like minimalistic health and like stuff like that. It was like a harder version of it. And there were so many aspects of the game that I kept coming back to that the replay value for me at the time was insanely high. Now, now that I look at it, I don't think there's too much to do anymore after you beat the campaign. I mean, you, you played through the campaign once and then... After that point, if you don't buy DLCs, there's really not too much of a reason to come back to it. But you play through the DLCs. Uh, if you get the DLCs, you'll have a lot more story and some more interesting stuff. But once you play through the campaign once and you kind of just beat the game all the way through, the only only reason you'd probably come back to it is to play the versus mode. But I'm not docking the game for that at all because versus mode is insanely fun. And if you guys haven't tried it, I recommend. I highly, highly recommend you go out and do it. It's so much fun to play. I want to get like, I want to get all these people who are like, yeah, Hunter Squad. Like <laughs> these guys who are all, anybody who's played it, if your favorite character was, uh, your favorite special infected was the Hunter, let me know. I'm going to figure it out. But man, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. But Left 4 Dead 2, it was a lot, man. It took up a lot of my game time. Um, and it's every time I think of the Xbox 360, it is one of the top three games that I always think about when I come back to this console. And I played it on Steam. I bought it on Steam because I don't have a 360 anymore. I have a original Xbox at my grandparents' house that I need to go and pick up because I have some games on disc there that I want to play. And I, I just need to go pick it up. I think it's sitting up in their attic collecting dust. But it'll give me some more. Uh, it'll give me some more games to play that I don't have to go out and spend money on, which is a good thing. But I'll have to get that for you guys. But yeah, uh, Left 4 Dead 2, solid, 
completely solid game. I would still go back and play it numerous times, probably just to play versus though. I, w- I wouldn't go back and play the story too much. Like I said, I got halfway through the story when replaying it now and I was immediately just like, all right, I'm going to go play versus like <laughs> that was it. But um, yeah, um, out of, I mean, I don't know what IGN rated this game when it came out, but I, bro, it's at least a nine out of 10. Like it's, it's so much fun. And once you beat the story and you really dive deep into verses, it it can hook you really, really fast. Really fast. But hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, let me know. You guys can leave me uh, comments on Twitter or you could check out my website. You can contact me. There's like an email link there. You can go and contact me with things. But the main thing I want to know from y'all is obviously how'd you like the podcast and what games do I need to play, bro? I didn't get to play a lot of these childhood games that a lot of people reminisce on. Um, games I'm playing right now, I'm playing I'm playing through Elden Ring because I beat Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 in the past, but I haven't beat Elden Ring. So I'm playing through Elden Ring right now. Um, I'm kind of trying to do this thing where I'm playing one retro game and one modern game and just kind of playing through stuff. And hopefully that'll keep the games less boring. Because when you play one game just over and over and over again, you can burn out so quick. And I've been really bad about that, so I'm trying to keep variety. But um, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what games I need to play. Um, Right now I'm playing Elden Ring for the modern era. And on my Nintendo Switch, I have the... uh, the uh, subscription for like um, Nintendo Online or something, the online services for all the emulators. So I'm starting with the uh, the Zelda series. So I'm on um, the Game Boy one. I forget what exactly which one it is. I think it's I think it's a link to the past. I can't remember. Whatever one was on the original Game Boy, <laughs> y'all help me out, please. But uh, I'm playing through that one right now. So uh, it's it's kind of it's interesting. It's a lot of, um, you kind of just have to figure out what to do and where to go because I've barely started it and I'm already stuck. So <laughs> if that tells you how good of a gamer I am, uh, that, sh- that should say something. But all right, I'm going to stop wasting your time. Um, I'm going to get out of here. Hit me up on Twitter with some games to play. Let me know if you like the podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try to put these out uh, probably every Friday. I'm gonna. I'm trying to put them out every Friday because Friday is just such a good day. You're about to start the weekend and chillax and you know relax and have a good time. And it'd be a good way to start the week if you listen to these at work. That's kind of what I do. But shout out to everybody who listen. Shout out to people who have podcasts like mine. And uh, I listen to a couple of them myself, and they really inspired me to do this stuff. So shout out to everybody. Uh, I will see you guys in a week. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye.